Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Are you hungry to advance your prophetic calling and step into your unique prophetic destiny? It's time to break the silence, stand boldly in dark places, and resound the truth across the nations. Join us at the School of the Prophets, a transformative four-and-a-half-day intensive training school. You will gain understanding in your prophetic calling, refine your gifting, and grow in confidence to spearhead cultural change. Register for this year's School of Prophets, August 7th through the 11th, in person or online at Bethel.com forward slash events. God bless. Hi everyone, it's Allie Valton here, and I'm here to let you know that the conversation you're about to listen to came from a live Q&A session on Chris's social media accounts. I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, Chris Valton here. probably know that if you're on my Instagram page, and Haley Braun's going to join us in just a minute. We're going to have a dialogue about prophetic ministry, which is uh, obviously one of my favorite subjects, and I have one of my very favorite prophet. I think she joined us when she was like 20 years old. And now she's on our senior leadership team. Hey, Haley. Hello. Good to see you. Yeah, I just tell them about you. She's uh, beautiful. She's married. You've got three kids, right? Yep, three. Three kids. This girl is like, she's going for it right now. And she's traveling the world. She just got back from Australia, didn't you? Was that? Yeah. Just a week ago. Just a week ago. And yeah, she's really... She's the favor of the Lord's really on her right now, and the Lord has really been promoting her. And I'm so excited about her. One of the most uh, profoundly accurate prophets in our environment, maybe in any environment I've ever experienced. And Haley has a uh, very special, you know, the way she connects. And I always think about connections like sometimes, you know, you get a plug and you plug into 220. And if, you know, maybe anything about electricity, there's a lot of different ways to configurations of that plug and i think the way we plug into the lord is he's he's so amazing he has so many ways he connects and communicates with us Haley has a, a really special connection in the way she connects in that she has these profound encounters that sometimes go on for days and uh, actually one that went on for six weeks and uh we'll just jump right in you just wrote a book called surrender to the holy spirit first of all like the title's intriguing uh what do you mean by that because because people mean different things by this you know language in this church is not common right we in one environment that would mean one thing in another environment that would be another why did you call it surrender to the holy spirit what did you mean by that yeah. and what what's the book about yeah, so the book is about a, a six-week encounter that I had with the Holy Spirit met me after I had received a prophetic word, King of the Fear of Man, uh, in my life. And um, when I received that word three months before, I, uh, I had become to realize receiving that word. You know, you, sometimes you receive prophetic words and you're saying yes in the process. Yeah. But when I'm lying on the floor, I'm thinking... God, you and me know that I've done my best to step over the chicken line when it comes to the fear of man, but we know that I'm tormented by a voice that says that I'm not good enough and that I need to be adjusting myself all the time. And so um, I got to the end of my rope, really, and I surrendered my shield of the fear of man to receive the Lord as my shield. And in return, in return, the 
the Lord met me in such a powerful and profound way. But I began to realize that it wasn't through my striving that the Lord changed and transformed my life. It was being surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And it's funny, we even went back and forth in the title. Uh, the publisher had said surrender. And I said, no, I want it to be surrendered because I don't feel like you can demand surrender. You have to choose to be surrendered. And so that's why it's surrendered to the Holy Spirit. I'm glad you change the title because i think of putting my hands up every time i hear the word surrender and i'm like uh okay next you're going to read me the rights <laughs> you had a six-week encounter and it kind of typifies your the way you connect with the lord and i think you and i are in, very different right in our well our, our approaches to ministry and our personalities especially in the spirit and uh i have very few quote encounters and you know they're they've kind of become the hallmark of your uh life in god so it's it's really powerful because we have people that will be on this um on this instagram that will be you know more like me and some more like you why do you think encounters are important i i, I mean i, I want to like i'd like you to you know answer that question in light of a lot of people haven't had an account any encounter at all so it would be good for for you to describe the encounter and then why do you think that's important for you and then we can talk, talk a little bit about how about people who don't you know they don't experience the lord like that yeah is there is there some is there something wrong with them or because you know I, I would be them so why don't you uh, start by describing uh what do you mean by an encounter yeah well firstly i think that's one of the biggest issues is what do we mean by an encounter Reading the Bible can be an encounter. Uh, the Lord speaking to me when I wake up in the morning through an impression can be an encounter. And I think uh, to really first just say that I don't believe an encounter is just something that is outwardly uh, demonstrative, but I think it's an inward shift. I think the mark of the Lord speaking to us and touching us is he changes things that we cannot alter ourselves. And so... I think, you know, I didn't used to be the big encounter person. In fact, when I came to first year, I was quite offended by people that were encountering the Lord. I, I felt like it didn't make sense to me or, you know, these drunk people. I was just, they kind of, you know, when everyone else is drunk and you're not, it's kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> exactly. And so, uh, and I used to say, you don't, I don't think you, God will give you an encounter if you need one. I don't know if you need an encounter to do what God's called you to do. And, um, but I do think sometimes you do. And I think that's the thing is that we all have an encounter available to us through the word. In worship, God is available. He speaks, he says, my sheep know my voice. He's always speaking. But there's an element where I, I needed a radical shaking. I shook for six weeks violently under the power of God. It wasn't pretty, it wasn't um, dignified. But I think for the fear of man to die in me, I, I had to lose part of my dignity and surrender to the Lord. And I think God gives you the encounter you need. And I think I needed that. And maybe I needed to be violently shook. I'm a fighter. I don't give up easily. I like to work for what I get. I, uh, grace for me has been something I've really had to work to just receive. And so I think the Lord bypassed my ability and showed me his ability, which was so much greater than my own. Yeah, uh, and you know, I was with you in your encounter. Well, you were in it for six weeks, so I experienced you when you were shaking physically. By the way, we should say she was physically shaking. Yeah. And 
and uh, I experienced she was quite emotional at the time. Yes. Weeping often and still came to our meetings often and most of the time and was kind of a, uh, a Holy Spirit mess in the meeting. And, and uh, that, that encounter lasted like day and night for six weeks, if I remember correctly, right? And so, yeah, you know, I see lots of people over the years that have encounters similarly, you know, like some kind of physical manifestation that lasts anywhere from a few minutes to days, uh, weeks, months. And sometimes people have these encounters and they don't change. Like there's no change. How would you address that? Because I, I know, you know, it's not on the list here to talk about, but I, I, I struggle with people who have encounters and who are just as nasty after their encounter as they were before. And I'm like, well, you think when Holy Spirit comes on you that you would have an inward, you know, you, you're having an, an, an inward experience that would have an outward new expression. Um, but that, that's not always true, unfortunately. W what do you think about that, Haley? I know we didn't talk about this answer, so it's no, interesting. It's, but. it's a great question. I write about it in my book, actually. Oh, wow. You know, Matthew, Matthew 13 talks about the parable of the sower and seed that is sown. And I believe that an encounter is like uh, eating a piece of fruit. And I I'm, encounter, I'm saying prophetic word, a uh, moment where God speaks to you while you're reading the word of God, a uh, uh, way that the Lord speaks to you, a violent shaking, anything where God meets you, I believe it's like a piece of fruit, right? In the moment, it feeds you. So if I eat an apple, it feeds me, it tastes good, it's an amazing experience. But at the core of that fruit is what? Seed. And at the core of that fruit, I, I get to choose whether that moment becomes an invitation to growing the same seed that was just, I experienced love, patience, peace, joy, kindness, yeah. goodness, gentleness. Yeah. That, and I think a lot of times people have a moment with the Lord that feeds them for a moment. But what they don't realize is the work actually begins after that. And that is the true work of an encounter is actually an invitation to becoming more like God, an invitation to growing the seed of the kingdom in your life. And I've spent the last three and a half years stewarding that one encounter of six weeks. And I'm still learning to this day what the Lord showed me and made available to me. And it is constantly changing me and transforming me and challenging me. But I have to lean in and let the soil of my heart be humble and hungry enough to let one moment with the Lord expand my capacity to be to live that out. Because you see, if I don't put the seed in my life, I have to go back to someone else that has apples every time. And what I want to do is I want to become a person that is growing apple trees in my life, that I become a resource to the people around me, a resource of generosity, a resource of love, a resource of the kingdom, that I'm not just someone that eats and experiences, but I also... And now I'm experiencing and I'm letting it change me, apprehending it for myself, that I can become a resource to the people that are broken and needy and hungry around me. That's really powerful. And that, I, I've never heard that analogy, actually. I, maybe you've taught it here, but I've never heard it. Yeah, you can eat the apple and you're, you know, you're hungry two hours later. But you know, metaphorically, if you eat the seed, you're going to be growing something powerful in you. And I think it's really a great illustration that some people experiencing the apple, 
but they actually don't grow anything new in their lives. And it's, it's kind of sad because in every apple is the seed, right? In every apple, there is the ability to grow something new, but it doesn't mean that you actually will. What, what yeah, you, I mean, in, yeah, go ahead. In, in Matthew, yeah, in Matthew 13, Jesus pauses the parable before he explains it. And he says, he talks about having ears, but hearing nothing and having eyes, but not seeing. And I think we have to have eyes and ears and hearts that are hungry to perceive that what the spirit is saying not just to have experience and you know in a marriage you don't just live in a marriage to have an experience you live in a marriage it's sacrificial it's it's um giving of self it requires more of us often than we feel like we have to give but the fruit is so rewarding and i i think encounters are only an invitation they're an invitation to intimacy with the lord and that is where real fruit is is produced moving on from that uh how do you, uh, what do you, you know, like specifically, how do you position yourself to partner with the Holy Spirit? Like, you know, like what I'm actually looking for is something practical and not kind of mystical and elusive. Yeah. Like how, how would you say, like, for instance, I'm sitting on this phone on this call today and I've never had an encounter. I love the Lord. I've never had an encounter, a spiritual encounter. In, in any way that I that I recognize, and I I would lo love to have an encounter. Is there something that I can do to position myself to increase the likelihood of an encounter in my life? Well, so yeah, it makes sense. I what I find hard sometimes is I I feel like I watch you encounter the Lord. I was just on a recording with you last week and I watch your heart soft as you talk about uh, what the Lord is speaking to you as a senior prophet in our house from a young prophet's point of view. And I see your heart soft and I see yeah. tears. And I think for me, the first thing I'd want to say to anyone listening that maybe feels the way that you do is, the softness of our hearts towards the Lord and our ability to adjust to his voice and to what he's saying is really what positions us to being transformed. And we're not having encounters so that we can share a good story so that people can think we're awesome. We're having encounters Absolutely. so that we, we can be changed. And the evidence of your life, Chris, is a life that is molded and shaped by the Lord. And the fruit of your life is one that is evidence of the work of the spirit. And so, I would say to anyone listening right now that is like, how do I position myself for that? I, I would say have a soft heart and let the fruit of your life be that the fruit of the spirit. And God will meet you the way he needs to meet you. And he will, if, if you're hungry, you know, being good soil is being a hungry, humble person. And I think there are times where we can become callous or disillusioned because we've had a lot of experience with people in the church we've had disappointment we've had pain and i think it's constantly inviting the lord into those places and saying god if there's any place in my heart that is um that is disillusioned or disqualified myself i invite you to come um but i think real encounters don't happen with eyes on our lack you know i, I heard a teaching recently that there's a difference between solitude and isolation because in isolation we look at ourselves and our lack and solitude is actually where I separate myself from the noise of the world to lean into what the voice of God is saying. And 
I think that that's what I would say is to be, be certain that when we're drawing away, that we're not drawing away to try and earn our way into the love of God or earn our way into receiving something, but we're drawing away to receive his love, not to look at our lack. And so those are some of the practical things I'd say, take your eyes off of what you're not and realize that he is everything that you will ever need. And he wants to be that. And, um, and then just the encouragement that I think we're having more encounters than we think. And sometimes our encounters are progressive instead of one big moment and to look at the fruit of our lives instead of just one uh, outward manifestation. The truth, I, I mean, I, I say this gently, but um, I'm trying to think how to say this well. Uh, intimacy in marriage, you can do the mechanics of intimacy and still have a, a pinnacle moment without having true connection. And uh, God isn't looking for some big moment in your life. He's looking for true connection. And I think if that's what your life is uh, exhibiting and that's what you're giving yourself to, that is exactly what he's hoping for. Yeah, yeah that's so good. You know, I want to encourage people that are on the call. Uh, the School of Prophets this year is the August 7th through the 11th. Like, it's four and a half days. And one of the things that, as a team, that we have proactively are going after this year is encounters. Why, why we're actually talking about encounters. Because we, as a team, we want to teach, we want to prophesy, and we, we want to, you know, we want to have activations. We want you to be connected and find some uh, fellow friends who are, you know, prophetic and prophets. We want to create a place for you to belong. We want to create a place for you to be known. But one of the things that our whole team has talked about this year in our last few months preparation for coming up on August, August uh, 7th is we really want encounters. We really want to go after encounters. And Haley, it's you, you and Dano are the, uh, I think the two that are really leading the charge on that portion of it. Like we want to make sure that people do have, do experience encounters and that they, you know, that they, they, they uh, prepare themselves for that. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, if you ask me about, how do you have an encounter? I would tell you, I know how to make sure you don't have an encounter. That's like be bitter, be self-willed, you know, um, uh, don't be transparent, don't be humble, you know, be arrogant. Like those are all the things, those are, those are things that will guarantee that we don't have encounters. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're pretty excited about this year's School of the Prophets. I think we're gonna have some, a real, different feel um some of our teams are going to take uh, the, the forefront this year which i think is beautiful because we're doing we're not doing succession planning but we are doing inclusion planning where Dan and i are saying to our teams that have been with us a long time hey guys step up and take an extra session and let's uh let's make this something new and beautiful yeah yep yeah that's great i I mean, I, I really believe that God is going to encounter people in a powerful and a profound way. Because, you know, when Peter encountered the Lord in Acts 2, he went from being a man that denied Christ in right before, prior to Acts, to the outpouring of the Spirit. He denied Christ. And then all of a sudden, God grabs a hold of his life. And in the face of the same persecution, Peter cries out for boldness. His prayer is, God, make me more bold. And um, I, I really believe, you know, as we've been talking about as a team, I really believe that the Lord is wanting to put courage 
in people is wanting to break the fear of yeah. man off of a generation and put courage um courage in us as prophets as people who are declaring the word of the lord well yeah i i believe that's true too and i i think that it's going to be an extraordinary year i i, I really um uh, i really have been feeling like there needs to be a, a maybe i'll call it an uprising in the generation z you know um i think that there is gen z's I, I believe there's a prophetic movement among gen z's i think that part of what we're supposed to do as mothers and fathers in this movement is to actually infuse gen z's with the power of the lord and really just begin to call them out call them up uh equip them uh, i feel like generation z is has the highest rate of suicide in the history of america and i think that we need prophets and prophetic people to actually rise up and this whole Jezebel kind of demonic spirit that's taking out our young people needs to be um, halted, but more turned around. And I feel like the enemy's trying to take out a generation because he knows that there is a Moses in that generation. There's a really there's a there is a redeemer in that generation. And so we're excited about the empowering of this next generation. And I think that uh, one of the things I really want to encourage uh, those of you that are watching this is that you should send your sons and daughters like you know 15 year olds 16 year olds like we really need this generation to be powerful because the the dark side is really powerful and you you can't you can't have victory when you refuse or when you don't pick up the weapons of warfare that aren't carnal so um I really want to encourage young people to come to the School of Prophets this year, especially. I think we're going to have something special for that generation, for every generation, but for that generation. And I really think that we are going to help connect the generations. And I feel like that's a big part of, you know, the call of God in our lives. So it's going to be profound and powerful this year. Uh, Haley, do you have any last thoughts or words that you, you want to share before we exit this call? I actually had a quick question for you. Is oh, that okay? Sure, sure. You know, I feel like the School of the Prophets is different from our prophetic conference to raise up prophets. But I would love to hear from you why you feel like prophets need to rise in this season and what prophets actually do functionally um, in seasons like we're in uh, and your kind of your heart to train and equip them. Well, I think that, you know, when I look at, when I read the scriptures, Old and New Testament, well, I see that every time the Lord wants to shift a culture, whenever he wants to shift a city, whenever he wants to shift a nation, the very first thing he does is he inspires the prophets to and, and invites them into that space. So you had Abraham was a prophet. You had Moses. We all know the story of Moses who's a prophet. You have Elijah who's a prophet. Elisha who's a prophet. You have Daniel, jo Joseph, and Esther. You know, you have all of these prophetic people who God, when God wanted to change Babylon, he doesn't send an army, he sends a prophet. When he wants to change Persia, he doesn't, change, he doesn't send an army, he sends a prophet. When he wants to shift uh, the Israelites out of slavery and into freedom, he doesn't send an army, he sends Moses the prophet. And, you know, when he wants to, you know, uh, overthrow wicked Jezebel and Ahab, who are, you know, 
polluting the the Israelites with uh, the worship of Baal. He doesn't send an army. He sends a prophet. And then we have the new covenant, and you're like, okay, well, that's an old covenant kind of picture. And I do agree what the prophets were doing in the Old Testament was, even, you know, they were anointed to shift culture, but they certainly did not mostly do it out of love. It's mostly out of fear. But the new covenant, we have, you know, the we have the uh, 120 in the in the upper room praying, and you know, and then the Holy Spirit uh, falls on them. Now they're 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 commanded: don't go into the world, don't go into Jerusalem to receive what the Father has promised. So they, they, they the Lord's like, listen, I want to shift culture, but you aren't ready to shift it. They pray. 40 days after the resurrection, Holy Spirit falls on them. And the first thing that happens is that Peter stands up and he said, this is what the prophet Joel spoke of. In the last days, I'm sending a lot. I'm sorry. In the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even upon your bond servants in those days will I pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Four times, Peter says in the very first outpouring, he says, I'm going to send, I'm, I, I, listen, the sons are going to prophesy, the daughters are going to prophesy, the old men are going to prophesy, the young men are going to prophesy, and even your bond servants, like, doesn't have a social class, doesn't have a gender, it doesn't have a generation. And, and, and what is the, when the Lord wants to shift culture, what's he doing? He goes, this time I'm not going to send a prophet, I'm going to send a whole prophetic movement, and I'm going to shift the entire world towards the kingdom. And here's the outcry of that. The most profound person to ever impact culture in the history of the world, and this is viewed by every secular and uh, Christian, um, what am I trying to say, uh, surveys, Jesus Christ is the number one person who's been the biggest influence, not just in America, in all over the world, Every single survey, even secular surveys, put Jesus Christ at the top as the most influential person in the history of the world. Wow. And there's been some pretty influential person, people. Jesus didn't have a phone. He didn't have internet. Didn't, he didn't have a plane, jet, or, or a car. He didn't have any of the amenities. He didn't have Instagram, social pages, anything like that. He only actually ministered for three and a half years publicly. And, but what he did was he released, when he left, he released this Holy Spirit who carried out his work among men, and they shifted culture largely through a prophetic movement. That's it. And so I believe that the Lord is in the midst of shifting a culture. We're in a cultural war. We know that. We're not in a war with humans, but we are in a war with the principality of the air. And. Uh, we have weapons that aren't carnal, so we have, you know, we have, we have highly trained uh, 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 people who have very unique warfare skills to see this principality come down and to see an establishment of a form of government that acknowledges the king and his kingdom. So that's what I see, and I think that's going to be a very unique part of uh, the gap gathering yeah and i think uh you know i've been beating that drum for a little while so i'm like shifting culture come on guys yeah. 
we are we are more than conquerors we are we are we've got the armor of god we are prepared for darkness we are light we th we actually thrive in darkness we're actually we don't just survive in dark we're actually created for darkness and so uh i'm very excited this year to hand out a bunch of equipment and see people uh be cultural catalysts and uh and solutionaries yeah yeah, I think I just to add to that, I think that's exactly why we're pursuing encounters this year is because I, I had an encounter with the Lord in the night a couple nights ago where I saw Jesus grabbing a hold of us as we grabbed a hold of the mandates that he was giving us. And I think a, a people like that, a prophetic people gripped by God who have gripped a hold of what the Lord cares about. Those are people that shift culture. And I, I just had a sense um, as we close that there might be some people watching this who think that they're not born to shift culture, that they're not, you know, they're not a prophet or they're maybe not prophetic enough. And I just, I just feel really clearly in First Corinthians 14, it says, you know, earnestly seek the gifts, but above all, seek to prophesy. And that is because the prophetic brings the heart of God to earth. It brings shift. It brings the, the mind of Christ into the reality of the people that are around us. And what you're sharing, Chris, I think so both you and I could have a million reasons why the Lord shouldn't have picked us. We could tell you about our educational right. background um, and we could talk to you about all the reasons why we, we aren't the perfect fit, but a life gripped by God who grabs a hold of what he has for them impossibilities go and i just want to prophesy over everyone here today like the lord is calling you by name if you are breathing he has called you for such a time as this and the lord is longing to grab a hold of a people who want to grab a hold of him and i believe even beyond our school the lord is about to pour out his spirit on the church in such a marked and amazing way and uh i'm excited to be in the room this year and i pray that the lord grabs a hold of me again I'm always hungry, always ready, and so grateful for the room and the place that you've stewarded, Chris, and, and excited for what God's doing in our midst, but more than that, what he's about to do in the world uh, to bring shift through the church. That's beautiful. Well, August uh, 7th through 11th, um, we're, I think we'll put a link in the, in the chat, so it'll be super easy. You just click on there. Um, you can join us online. By the way, online's not going to just be like you know a YouTube teaching. You're going to have encounter rooms. You're going to be in a in a revival group. You're going to have a community. Um, there's going to be interaction. There'll be prophecy over you. There'll be uh, there'll be um, uh, activations for you to learn how to move more deeply in prophecy. So it's going to be powerful and profound. Join us. Have a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. Haley, thanks so much for joining me. Love you guys, and we'll see you soon. Thanks so much, Chris. So good to be with you all. I know. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.